listening to The Photo Untaken, stories from outside the frame, with me, Alan Clark. You know, like the rest of you, I scroll and I scroll and I scroll. It doesn't matter what social media account, if it's Instagram or TikTok, I will scroll. And sometimes you find a lot of crap on social media, but sometimes you also find some gems. You can find your favorite (laughs) cat video. You can find your favorite dance. But, you know, sometimes it's about people's stories. You can find some amazing accounts. You can find some funny accounts on there. I have a lot of my favorite funny accounts on there. And there's different accounts for everything. And one thing I've always tried to get, maybe some of my newbies or people that are just trying out TikTok or Instagram Reels or anything like that to understand, is that the more you invest into these accounts, the more they start, showing you the things that you like. And so somewhere along the way, I found an account called Cheat Day Eats. And it's this really very nice girl named Jessica. And she sometimes she's dancing. Sometimes she's visiting restaurants. But she's always showing amazing food. And unlike a lot of other content creators or even unlike a lot of other influencers, she does pretty much everything herself. A lot of influencers I'm coming to find out do everything themselves. Uh, they edit, they shoot, they come up with the content. And that's what's something that I know during this podcast episode that she wants to get across, that there is a difference between influencer and content creator. Content creators care about their brands, care about their thing, the things that they love. And they create the content themselves. They're not relying on others, not borrowing from others. They're not stealing from others. And so it was such a pleasure meeting Jessica online and talking back and forth with her. She saw my account, loved my pictures. I loved her videos and I happened to be in New York and we were like, well, let's just sit down and talk because the biggest thing and the thing that I know that I had written to her and that she was very interested in was how between the high-end commercial photographers and, you know, content creators or even influencers, there's this a big, big abyss, you know, a gap between the two of us. And I think it's because the commercial shooters uh, don't understand, uh, don't hold high, you know, content creators or influencers in high regard at all, um, no matter how professional they are. Um, and I think it has to, you know, to do probably with skill level, but, you know, and then on the other side of it, uh, all these terms and technical things can be very intimidating and quite frankly, boring to content creators. And they just do, they just like a bull in a China shop or even without waiting for any help, they just plow through and they get it done. And that's something that's so impressive to me about content creators specifically and influencers probably below that is that they just get stuff done. They don't know that they can't. A lot of times they're not waiting for an invitation. And to be honest with you, the barrier of entry is open for everybody now, you know, with TikTok and all these social media platforms. So Jessica Hirsch from Cheat Day Eats on today's episode. I hope you enjoy it. Hey, Jess, thanks for doing this today. Excited. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We came all the way from Nashville to talk to you. Also, you know, I came to New York because I have a relationship with New York, and that's been that I've shot a lot here, either for editorial or for music. And I wanted to show this for myself to my followers, what I do, but I wasn't going to come up here and not talk to you. Your TikTok and Instagram are just amazing, and I love it because 
you don't, I feel like you don't take yourself too seriously. No. And, and I love that about yeah. you. Life's too short to take it seriously, right? Yeah, exactly. And you just look like you're having fun all the time. Thank you. And that's kind of yeah. how I do what I do. So I kind of thought that would be pretty cool and pretty smart to come and talk to you about what it is that you love and, and how is your build? So I was teaching in the South Bronx at an all-boy high school for seven years, and but I've always had a passion for food. Like when I was in high school, I was like the one friend who was like excited about checking out the new restaurant. Wasn't so much into cooking at that point, but always excited about just eating out and like discovering cuisines all over the like the United States. At that point, I wasn't traveling all over the world right. yet. When I moved into the city and there's a new restaurant opening up every week, every day, and me and Brian would go check it out and I wanted to document like my experience at the restaurant. And I saw that there was this whole entire community of people on Instagram who loved food as much as I did. And right. I was like, I can be a part of this. And I wanted to start an Instagram account. I did have a different name at first, by the way. You did? It was not Cheat Day Eats. Are you ready it? for it? Yep. It's gonna be good. Oh, I'm gonna love this. It's, it was, Chocolate and cheese, please, with PLZ and a one. I had that for about a month and then I like woke up and I was like, cheetah eats. It's like perfect because I've always, I've had a fitness background too. I was a right. personal trainer. I've always loved working out and I would always have this like cheat weekend. Tell us about the, where did you come up with cheat days? Where did that come from? Just so, besides knowing where that is when you're working out. Yeah. So for me, it was always about balance. Like I would always try to eat more high nutrient foods and then like we, me and Brian would go out and we wouldn't care what we were eating and just indulge. So it's like the cheat day. Right. So that's kind of where I came up with it. Now, because this is my like job, we are always eating indulgent foods all the time. So it's really more about balance Oof. and like fitting in the, you know, greens and like lots of whole foods mm -hmm. is really important to us. So mm -hmm. luckily I love that as much as I love a sticky bun right. and I love dancing and I love working out. So I was teaching, started my Instagram account, posting these terrible photos from my phone. And Brian, who is a who was at the time an IT manager, always had like this tech side of him. Right. And he's like, let me get you like a really good camera. So he got me a good camera and I started taking photos and immediately people noticed the quality. Hmm. And I was like, wow, this is really exciting because I've always been like documenting, like throughout high school, college, I've always been taking photos. I love right, to like right. look back at a photo. I felt like it brought back so many memories. It just brought back that moment to life. Hmm. So posting on Instagram with these better quality photos, people were noticing. And that's when I really started to care about the quality of content that I was putting out for everybody to see. Well, tell me what was the feedback like? What were they saying? They so, noticed the quality of the photo. So what, like, what wow. did that sound like? Were they being nice or were they being? No, they were being nice. And okay. I, I felt like I was attracting new, new followers. Hmm. People were coming to my page knowing that they're not only going to get to see like my favorite restaurant that week, but they're going to see like a quality photo of the, mm -hmm. the photo. And honestly, when you think about it, if I'm showcasing a restaurant and it's a beautiful photo, I feel like it really just brings that dish to life a little bit more versus like a phone photo in right. the dark, you know? So it, at that point, it started to just happen naturally. And we're talking eight years ago. So influencer was not a word. No. Okay. So like I was just doing this for fun and actually my account like was probably around a hundred thousand when I started to attract restaurants who were coming to me to help build their social media. Wow. So that's how I started my side hustle. Uh, I had about okay. five restaurants at that point. I was taking photos for them right. and posting it to social media. So I was not only their photographer, but I was also their content creator and content manager. Right. How long ago was that? Probably seven, seven years ago. Okay. So how has it changed? Then oh my God. Now? Wow. It's a different world, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So it was about three years in where I was doing both and I felt like I was living this double life and I was mm -hmm. getting invited to this 
to like the world's 50 best restaurant uh, event in Australia. Whoa. And I had to say no, because I couldn't miss my job. You know, with teaching, it's not like you could just be like, take okay. time off. It's like right. you're off these certain times during the year. And I had taken off a little more than I usually do, right, you know. Right. <laughs> Hopefully they're not. She watching. was sick, everybody. Yeah. Sick of not and being I had good. <laughs> and I had never done that. Let me say that like I was always that person who like went in, even when like I had the flu. I was right, like, I'm right, going in, I'm right. not missing a day. Um, what she so. meant to say was she flew to go <laughs> yeah. eat something new. Yeah. So um, that was the year I was like, you know what, this is this is it. I wanna like go all in on my my business and like build my brand and like just do it all. And and early on, I'll say that I really wanted to showcase video content. And I think that I was like ahead of the game in that aspect because, you know, now Instagram's a video platform, right. but I've been creating videos for years. Right. And that was always like, for me, a moment to let the restaurant or that dish shine even more because people were seeing something that they weren't able to see at the table. Right. So I'd get into the kitchen with the chef and get to see like how they make the recipe. So and cool. Yeah, no, it was amazing. And I think that that really brought me a lot of joy, brought yeah. the restaurant, you know, they would say how many people came in and right. try that dish. And it was just like a moment of pride and realizing that like I had like this effect to help businesses like survive, especially, yeah. you know, with COVID too. Have you ever felt like any, I don't know, not backlash, but yeah, maybe just like the attitude isn't great. Like where some restaurants just don't want help or they don't, you know what I mean? Like they probably should have it. I think there's some like for, for some restaurants, they're old school. They don't believe in social media. And then you have the other ones who are like surviving because of it. Right. Like, you know, there might not be as great of food as another restaurant, but they're getting so many new customers because they have that visibility online. <laughs> And we've helped build those restaurants. Right. It's really cool to see because I have a lot of people who follow me that you know work for like Insider Food or BuzzFeed. So they'll all feature a restaurant right. and then it gets picked up in all these different places. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's so, really cool. Yeah, it's, it's really exciting. And I've like luckily been able to work with so many amazing like restaurateurs who've like gave me the feedback. Oh my God, you posted. And then we had like Insider reach out about that dish. So what big person would you be like we'd be impressed. You couldn't believe they were calling. Uh, we filmed with John George in Miami at, oh yeah, that was my proudest moment. Okay. <laughs> okay. This is actually really funny because yeah. it's kind of shows my personality. Like I love like comfort food and just like really like more relaxed places. I was still teaching at the time and I got this email. I'm not going to lie. I cried. And it was Dee Dee who owns Clinton Cheap Baking Company. And she's like, I've never reached out to anybody. And they have two hour waits. Oof. Like they, they have the best pancakes in the world. And they have two hour waits. They did not need me at all. And right. she's like, I'd love for you to come in. And I cried and we went there. And as we left, I, I like skipped out the door. <laughs> this was the best moment of my life. And That's it was just so weird. Cause like we've been invited to so many different restaurants, to so many different events around right. the world. In that moment, I was just like, I made it. Yeah. <laughs> but it was just like, yeah, it's a place that I used to live on the Upper East Side. I'd go down, put my name in, walk around for two hours and then like eat. And it would be like, this is incredible. And so it was just like, now we have a good relationship with her. It's like amazing to have those constant relationships that have grown so much too. Who, like, is there somebody that you still would love to work with? My bucket list would be to get a personal lesson from Gordon Ramsay himself. Oh he would butcher me though. I don't know. <laughs> but it'd you be know, fun. Personally, I've seen him behind the scenes. He actually is really nice. He's just when he does his shows about yelling. Yeah. That's when he's mean. But I could take it. Yeah. And I'd probably cry. <laughs> <laughs> but it was worth it. Yeah, it'd be worth it. So who else? You got Gordon Ramsay. Who would be somebody that would be just on your <gasps> dream list? Okay, Ina Garden. 
Oh boy. I love her. Yeah. She's like such a like sweetheart. She reminds me of my mom. I think that's why. But like my friends didn't know who she were she was. And I was like, wait, you don't know who Ina Garden is? Like I had a I know who she is. I, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. I love her. Yeah. yeah. What about her? What why? Why do you love her so much? She just she feels so like authentic and like you feel like you're in her home when I used to watch her on Food Network and just something about her feels so kind and real. Yeah. And her food. Yeah. Actually, she's on Gold Belly and she has the most amazing coconut cake you will ever eat. Okay. I demolished it. So I can like, send off for that. Yeah. You try it. Okay. I'm telling you. Okay. You'll be blown away. But her cake is amazing. So So anybody oh, else? Oh, Martha Stewart? Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> That would be fun. With Snoop. With Snoop involved. Yes, okay, yes. Okay. That would be epic. Only one of them's been to federal prison. So. <laughs> How fun would that be? That would be dope. Yeah, that would be. Um, so what would she, what is she, I, I don't think I've ever paid attention to her recipes. Like, what is she known for? I don't really know. Martha Stewart? Yeah. She's also like the, she's like the OG. Like, nah, she's not the OG. No, but she's we, definitely the OG because when she came out with her magazine. Well, we were saying it, Julia because Brian was like, oh, Julia Child. So I was like, she's the OG. Martha came after, yeah. but Martha's just like classic American style food, right. but she's also on Gold Belly. But, and her cookies were incredible. Yeah. And just like, I don't know, just like something about her just is. Well, and she changed, literally, she changed magazines forever. Right. When she came out with her magazine, the way magazines were done changed. So did weddings. So, yeah. like when she came out, her wedding magazine, I think they had a, she had a wedding magazine, yeah. which was great because back when a lot of my friends and even I would shoot weddings occasionally, they were boring. The visuals mm-hmm. were not great. It was cheesy. The yeah. little traditions people go through, they don't know why right. to do them. You know what yeah. I mean? But she was That's the one that kind of started. That's what we're trying to avoid. Yes. I want to be different. Who's shooting your wedding? Uh, he's actually out of Florida. Jack Bates. So tell me, where is this going? What's next? What do you think is next for you? Is it, what is it, are you going to add something? Are you going to do more of something? You know what I mean? Are you going to um, like, cause I know you're getting more into the way things were shot. Yeah. You've got a great relationship with Sony. Yes. So we are part of Sony Alpha Collective, which is a small group of photographers. And I'm at currently the only food photographer, which hopefully they'll bring on some new people. Cause it, it's nice to showcase all of the different creators. And I'm a very specific type of food photographer, I'll say. Right. Like, you know, I have a certain style and there's so many different styles and I think it would be good to highlight all the different creators out there. Right. Um, and I say creators, you know, like obviously there's the influencers versus creators. I think influencers might have like a bigger name, but they're not out there like creating the content. And we consider ourselves right. content creators because that's our passion. Uh, we're all about the content. So right. we're actually creating content for brands all the time that don't go on to cheat dates. So that's a big part of our business. So you tell me, I'm going to make a statement. I want to see how this lands with you. Okay? Mm-hmm. It seems like a lot of influencers don't have a lot of substance. They have to borrow substance. Now, mm-hmm. Not all of them. Right. That's not a generalization. I'm just saying it seems like they're more desperate for content. You know, So it seems like everybody that has a following doesn't necessarily have a lot of substance. Everybody that has a lot of substance doesn't really have a following. And that kind of bothers me a little bit because right. it seems the gap is yeah. like massive, right? It's interesting that you say that because I think something that I have like a group of girls that we were just decided to do like a virtual happy hour together. Right. And um, some shoot on their phone, some shoot on professional camera. I think you posted a picture of yeah. that. Yeah. And it was interesting because the girl who shoots on a professional camera said, well, if I shoot on my phone and post it, it'll get double the engagement. Really? So it's like we have to go backwards to get good yeah. engagement. And that's like it, it's kind of defeating. Right. I, we think, and I, I feel like it's people are used to seeing a phone video 
And so there's something that resonates a little bit more right. versus this professional look. It definitely like catches your eye, but mm -hmm. maybe doesn't feel like you're at home with somebody. So and it now kind of brings I think, it to a professional level. Maybe. Right. And I think that that separates the viewer from that video versus right. like if you see a phone video, you feel like you're right there in the kitchen with someone yeah. in a different way. And that's my theory. Who knows if I'm right? It could be an algorithm no. thing like the phone. No. Like uh, itself analytics have a, right, like have a right. when it's got input into Instagram algorithm is like shifted differently or right. something like oh this is a camera like, boop. right right <laughs> so to me like one of the things I've discovered about the people that are my heroes for instance they're five to ten years older than me and they're really resistant to influencers they're they're resistant to content creators they're just resistant period to social media and things like that. And it's tough because then they can't figure out why they're kind of irrelevant and they're not irrelevant in their work. And they have to reintroduce, reintroduce themselves to a whole new generation, which they haven't done, but they don't know how to do it and yeah. they're mad about it. And so that's why I'm here. That's actually why I'm here with you is because I'm like, this is stupid. We got to end this because you've got the people over here that just are resistant to that and they really need that help. They don't understand the thing yeah. that help, but they really do because they've got great stuff. Right. But they have no one to share it with, no one's seeing it, or at least they're not doing the right things to let people see it, right? You know what this reminds me of? Like we were speaking about earlier about restaurants being like maybe old, I was saying old school. Yeah. It's like that same like idea. Yeah. Like there's the restaurants who like get it and they might be successful like Clinton Street Baking Company, but they're reaching out to like specific people that they know have content that's great and they're gonna still Tone it, hone into that social media aspect and right. like blow themselves up even more. Like, why not? But then you have the old school restaurants who, you know, still get customers and they still always will. Yeah. But like they could get more or right. more notoriety about like their brand. Right. But, and I'm, I'm trying to get them to see that they really do need, they really do need to talk to influencers and content, specifically content creators. I think they would, that's a better way to start for them probably. Yeah. But I just would, I really, I would appreciate and I think there's just that stigma and they're kind of scared to make that move and they're honestly terrified of <laughs> social media, Right. period. And then, I don't know, you tell me, like coming from the other end, like the more you know about cameras, aren't, aren't cameras and all this tech crap intimidating? Isn't that intimidating? Yeah. So see, there's this thing of intimidation yeah. coming from both sides and I'm right. just like, so is there a way to get rid of that? And I think there is. I mean, the barrier for entry now is very different than when I first started. When I first started, you had to have 10 grand. You had to have like a just right. starters, right? Yeah. Now the you camera, get, yeah, yeah. lights, all, lighting, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Now, nope, maybe a thousand, right. maybe. You know what I mean? So it's just a different world that we live in. But at the same time, um, the biggest gap that's between us is we've got to get. We just got to start need to talk about this kind yeah. of stuff because I'm not too good for you. You're not too good for me. Right. You know what I mean? So this is silly, and that's that's why I came to talk to you is because I've had I've had this amazing career, but I'm not stupid enough to think that I can't reintroduce myself every three right. years, you know? So I've really worked hard this last year specifically to figure out what the math is, the algorithm, figure out that I, I'm not gonna oh. dance. <laughs> I'm not gonna dance, you know no. what I mean? But I will do I'll a photo how. reaction. I'll do yeah. a photo reaction. I'll do something right. that will play into the algorithm. And it, and it brings the crowd in because the people that look at photo reactions, will they right. have photography. Is there something you would like to explore, maybe? I think there's a lot, honestly, and I feel like it's, Social media is ever changing, and even though I'm a content creator, I feel like I'm always trying to like shift and like think about what's next. Mm -hmm. um, I would love to host something, and I think I would like it on a digital scale as mm -hmm. far as like hosting my own like TikTok series where I get to go into the kitchen and then recreate something at home. Right. Um, I just think that there's so many opportunities to like set myself up in a way where it's like 
I can host my own show. I have yeah, the platform. I don't have to go on to TV, although that's really fun too. And so I think that's where I'm going to see myself in like five years. Okay. And I also want to like even just like build off of like the recipe content that we create and like collab with the different restaurants and maybe have my own little bakery. What? And what's cool about that is I could be my own content creator and social media that's manager true. and kind of do it all. Where would you put it? Where do you think you'd love to be? I don't know. I guess New York City is just like a place to start, but that seems intimidating. Do you have a favorite place, or like a favorite place you'd like to be in New York City? I feel like the West Village is really cute, but yeah. it's hard. I know like, I know even like uh, one of our favorite bakeries ended up closing during COVID mm. and they were so successful. So mm -hmm. it's like, what do you have to do to survive? Yeah. But it could also be something where it's online and people yeah. have to purchase it online. Yeah. When I started my Instagram, it was really before content creators and influencers was a thing, but it was all about community. And at that point, I think there was like about 10 to 15 of us who were in the food space and we would go to events together and we created this amazing community. And I really appreciate that. Like looking back, it was like a great way to meet other like-minded people who were interested in checking out restaurants or content creation. Cause a lot of them also were doing some content. Some of them were doing on like right. professional cameras right. and stuff. So, uh, at that point, like being in New York city, I felt like it was a great starting point to like build what cheat dates is because there were so many restaurants to choose from and yeah. so many places to go. And there was like the iconic places or the place that just opened up next door. So I felt like, you know, as far as content went, yeah. you, I could keep going every day, you yeah. know, like I can't catch up. I feel like, you know, like a new, every week is a new restaurant. It's like intimidating because I want to eat it all. <laughs> every week is a new restaurant. And I think what separates us from like a lot of other content creators mm -hmm. is that we do get into the kitchen and I do have that relationship with the restaurant and the chef. You're not just trying to get a free meal out of the No, lobby. I'm not. I care, I care, I care about like really highlighting like one specific dish to start and then like I'll show other dishes. But it's interesting because like Working with a chef can be really challenging because yeah. they're not used to maybe having a dish filmed, right? So it's like, mm. take a moment, like, let's slow down, let's go through the steps, and I'll actually, like, talk to them about, like, which uh, hand they're using, like, mm -hmm. during it so mm -hmm. that they could, like, be aware of where the camera is and they're not, like, covering mm -hmm. the dish with their hand and gotcha. covering the shot. Because I'm like, well, now I didn't get anything, right, you know? Right. Like, and I hate being like, do it again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but that's, at the, home, that's the industry. That's our jobs. That's what we have to do. Yeah. When the pandemic hit and I started to transition to doing recipes at home, I'm doing both. Now I'm filming and creating a recipe. So it's challenging, but then it's also hard because I'm doing two things at once. <laughs> have you noticed that there's a thread that a lot of restaurants either do or don't do that you would like to improve? Like when you're coming you there to the shoot something? I think it's all different. Like depending on like who I'm shooting with, like you'll know who like who gets it and who doesn't. Right. Yeah. Is it kind of the plating stuff where they maybe they don't know how to yes. shoot the stuff? Yeah, like you'll know, I'll know right away. Right. Like I'll, I'll film with a chef and I'm like, he knows. And you, you could gotcha. tell he's like been on TV. He knows the well, angle. But for the one who doesn't know, how do you work that out with him? I just walk through it before we actually get to the... To filming, I'm just saying like, okay, like walk me through the dish. Like, okay, make sure that you, if I'll be on your left side. If you're right-handed, right that way you're like angling it towards me. Just right. like pause before you do something. But sometimes they'll just go and I'm just like moving around like a <laughs> crazy person, but I get it. So editing um, is key. It is absolutely. Yeah. Do you end up doing most of that? or? Just, I do. Okay. Yeah. I love editing videos. Like it really? takes, yeah, I do. Um, you might be the only person I've ever met who does. <laughs> I know. Ryan like says like we need to eventually like start to delegate all these different yeah. things that take up a lot of our time. And I'm like, I don't want to give that up because I really, I do enjoy sitting there and like seeing the final product come together. Well, don't forget that I'm only editing like, uh, well, let's say 10 minute video down to like a minute. 
true that. Um, one of my mentors always tells me, if you can find somebody that can do it at least 70%, you need to let it go. <laughs> <laughs> 70, I mean, you know, you'd like that number to be higher. Yeah. So not being classically trained as a photographer and just like going from being a teacher to now I'm a content creator and do I call myself a photographer and videographer? It, it's still like something that I feel like I struggle with, you know, right. like I'm not perfect and I'm not where I want to be. Um, but you get it done. And I think that that helps me push to like the next level. Right. And that's why I'm like every day I'm like looking up something on YouTube to learn a new skill. Right. And that's kind of how I got to where I am today. And I also like always still kind of go back to the, my teaching background. And like, mm. I've been lucky enough to do classes with Sony where I've taught food photography oh. and people have come to me and asked me like, what camera should I use? And like, that makes me proud because they know to come to me to right. ask me yeah. what I'm using. That's and awesome. so even though I'll get those responses, I think like it's an everyday struggle. I'm not, I'm not like a hundred percent, like this is what I am. Right. You know, I think I'd, it'll always be like, is this what I am? Oh yeah, I am. Yeah. Is it? Well, I mean, <laughs> I started somewhere, and when I started, I had to deal with the same feelings. You know right. what I mean? So I don't think – I remember I ask my friends questions like that, like, when am I a professional? When does that right. actually happen? Yeah, is there, like, a day you're and like, my friend oh. goes, My friend goes, did you get paid by – did somebody pay you a check or something like that? I was like, yeah. He goes, you're a professional. <laughs> that was it. I mean, you don't really – you can do whatever, but it just grows over time, and it changes, and you get better at what you do. And, yeah. You know, there's never a little click moment, moment or a place where some, somebody gives you a prize or a watch – can I you get know? one? Yeah, I've got, I've got <laughs> one right here. You want to watch? But, um, okay, what I was saying, I reached out to you and I said, I would really like to see if we could bring what you're doing, what I'm doing together. Yeah. Because there's a... Bridge like, the I, gap. Yeah, and I, I come from the high-end commercial photography world where it's not retail at all. I do not talk to the average person that's on social media at yeah. all. And that's kind of the struggle with us is yeah. that we don't deal with that. We just deal with art directors. We just deal with photo editors and stuff like that. So... We have to reintroduce ourselves to the people and all the things like I was saying, but I reached out to you because I'm like, I've got questions for you. For instance, as photographers and creators and the ones that are, have done their job for a long time, what advice would you have to somebody that is for the first time going, okay, not only am I going to get on social media, but I'm going to make it work for me. How do you make it truly work for you? And do you have any advice for a photographer who's done this or would like to do this? I think it depends on what you want to focus on and just like honing in on that. For example, if you want to be known as like someone who's going to teach your craft and think about what are those specific skills that you want to teach in that specific video, how are you mm -hmm. going to have that come across and how is that viewer going to learn it and how long do you want to, you know, take to, do you want it to be a, a five part series where you talk about like some of the things that you wish you knew when you were starting? Yeah. So I think it's about entertaining or information, like w bringing value to your audience. And I yeah. think if you figure out what that is and bring your personality and who you are, there's an audience out there for you. Yeah. And really just showing who you are. I think a lot of people are afraid to put themselves in yeah. the videos, but I think that people are going to relate to you when they see you. And if you have something to teach, which you clearly do, yeah. they're going to be excited to learn. Yeah. Awesome. So I reached out to you. Why did you respond back to me? What made you think, huh? This is interesting. Well, you did talk about bridging the gap, and I yeah. think that that's a big thing. And I have a lot of friends who are photographers, and I say that back to the imposter thing. And, like, I loved your work. I saw it. It, like, caught my eye. And I think that I agree with you. I think that there is, like, this gap that needs to be closed, and, like, we can all learn from each other. I could learn from you, yeah. and you could learn from me. And I think it's good to open up that conversation. Okay, I'm so going to add, like, what was the most... 
Have you ever been in a, this is just kind of a fun question. Okay. I just want to like, have you ever like been like intimidated by someone you have shot before? Strangely enough, you would think it wouldn't be this person, but it was Tom Brokaw, the I know NBC, NBC yeah. news anchor. He was taller than me by like five inches. He was quiet. And he, he almost had a, what's the word? Like an economy of words. He hmm. would only use, he'd use very few. And, but when he did, they were just like had power to them. Hmm. And I found that to be intimidating because I'm a person who does not have necessarily economy of words. Me either, I let don't a worry. lot of them go and I don't have any problem with it. And <laughs> he was so. just so, he just like kind of worked very slowly in it. Huh. And then Barbara Bush. So that, uh, wow. she was, uh, I wouldn't say terrifying, but I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't say not terrifying. No, she just was very, you could tell that she was kind of the power behind the throne. I mean, she kind of was very powerful. And again, I think she let me take three photos of her. Wow. I was supposed to take 12 and I took three. So, wow, that's pretty crazy. So when you shoot with like these high end like celebrities or profiles, uh, they you only get a few shots? Not all the time. Sometimes they're there and they know they've got to do the work, right? And, but sometimes it's either like it's Nicole Kidman and I can do a role or I can do five shots. Or And what you're doing, though, is like this. We're just setting everything up. Everything's ready to go. There is no doubt. This is the background. This is hmm. what she's wearing right. or he's wearing. This is exactly everything's worked out. And you can you literally step in and you do it and you leave. And sometimes that's three hours worth and sometimes that's three photos worth. And so wow. you've got to have it ready to go both ways and you can't work something out while they're there you can't mm. be working on hmm, i'm not sure about this light yeah. you got to have it done and figured out and stuff like that and that can be nerve-wracking to a lot of people because you got to be very confident about your idea to begin with and a lot of times we back in the old days we would send sketches out we'd actually mm. sketch the idea out and they would use that sketch and or you would do three sketches and you would send it off and they would approve one of the sketches and so they've sent it to the person their publicist, their wow. manager, everyone's looked at a it. sketch. Yeah, uh, and, they and now how does it work? You well, they would call it don't. they would call it an FPO, so it's for position only. So that would okay. mean I would have to sketch literally what's in camera, right? Send it off. It's almost like a storyboard. I mean, it's a yeah. storyboard essentially. And you send the storyboard off to them. They approve it. They send back the approval. Everybody check marks it. Yikes! But I'm kind of so glad it has changed. Is there anything changed. that intimidates you now, like when you get into like a photo shoot with someone? Honestly. I don't know. I'm not intimidated by too much now. I think the biggest thing is what what challenges me now. That's the biggest intimidating thing to me because I've done so much and I've had such a great career in this. I'm looking for a challenge too. And so what brands do you want to work with? Well, I would love to work with everything. It's stupid, like everything from a t-shirt company. Like these t-shirts I wear are called Vestige. I love them. I love, uh, now I'm starting to become a huge fan of Blundstones. I've never seen those, I don't think. Yeah, these are Australian, I think. And so I, I don't know. I never thought about it before, but I wear everything. I like stuff, right. you know, yeah. like this is this jacket comes from bespoke box, you know. And so I never thought I would even consider any of this stuff. Yeah. But I'm starting to consider it now because besides the normal things like Tascam, Nikon, Epson, things like the big brands, I feel like they've got their, you know, people just beating their door down. I'm more interested in like the, the brands that are just kind of starting out. Right. Like for instance, there's a... a a thing that I've been using called Narbox. It's like G-N-A-R box. Hmm. And it's, uh, you just load your SD card, it immediately loads it, and that's it. You put the card in the drive, you put the card in the drive, and it immediately loads it, and it comes and it makes sense when, if there's been any time in the past where you've accidentally erased over the top of something. Oh, luckily I haven't done that. (laughs) Yeah. 
thank God, because it's nerve wracking. <laughs> but the thing is, is when you're out in the field. So when you're out yeah. in the field, like I was just recently in Alaska, you can actually, you know, after your hike, you get to the car, take the car out of the camera. Is that the best place the... you've ever traveled for work? There's a lot of them. I have some favorites. I love cold climate stuff. Oh. And <laughs> it's okay. I just do. And it's because northern lights happen in these places and glaciers yeah. and craziness and dogs. You know, like I want dogs. I want to do it. Yeah, I saw your you dog can. the you can. dog stuff, Alex. You'd have to incredible. wrap yourself up though. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. But it's still amazing and you can have so much fun doing it. I took him to Finland. I thought he was gonna die. <laughs> He's not no. a cold weather fan either, but but there's so much great stuff. So you feel like you could get something from social media that you're missing from, like that you're not getting from what you're doing now. I think what it is, it's like what I was saying earlier about having to reintroduce yourself to a whole new generation or a whole new crowd, period. Because uh, what we're finding is like people in our industry is like magazines are going away, editorial right. is still there. Okay. It just doesn't pay very much. And honestly, a lot of people in our profession, are they need other options for monetization. They don't. Yeah. They don't have a lot. There's less op options. Like in the old days, I would get paid for reuse of photos, almost like a royalty on a song. Yeah. Gone. Hmm. It's gone. And like the NFT thing was kind of getting us excited again because right. that was something we were thinking, oh, we could get paid from our old photos again. Yeah. I think there's so many opportunities in social media and there's... Yeah. Like uh, we personally feel like it's never... So much, there's something for everybody. Yeah. Like, so we don't feel like there's competition out there. You know, like if the, if the brand's right for yeah. it, it'll it'll work out. And I think you're right. I think uh, people do like you, and that's what you're going to try to create is that they like you, not that they like what you're doing, even though they'll buy and do what you're doing. You know what right. I mean? Right. And I actually started two different uh, TikToks, and they're they're still about food. Mm -hmm. One's about restaurant experiences and just any experience, and then one's recipes only. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to niche down here because yeah. I felt like I was kind of all over the place, and I feel like I that was really helpful, actually. Well, Jessica, thank you so much for just sitting down and talking. we got to start somewhere, and I think we had a pretty good day today. Yeah, this was, was so awesome. much fun. Thank you for having Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Thank you for doing this. Hey guys, it's Clayton Clark, producer of the Photo Untaken podcast. Thanks for listening today. To capture more awesome content coming up soon, please subscribe, like, share, and stay tuned for more. Also, make sure to follow Jessica at Cheat Day Eats on Instagram or on TikTok under It's My Cheat Day. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>